morning, everyone. It's Advent. Yay. Yay. <laughs> so, yeah, quite a responsibility to be preaching on Advent, the first Sunday in Advent. So much so, I had a dream on Friday night that I arrived and had forgotten to prepare. <laughs> so, thankfully, it was just a dream. But, um, yeah, so Advent. What does it mean to you? What does Advent mean to you? Advent actually means arrival from the Latin Adventus. Those of you who maybe love Latin. Um, arrival, the arrival. The arrival of hope. What does Advent mean to you? Samuel's not here, <laughs> but he has been really looking forward to getting stuck into this Advent calendar. That's his. Um, yeah, does Advent mean we can socially, it's socially acceptable to get your tree up, to get the lights up, um, to get into those Advent calendars? Um, yeah, all those things. And hopefully at the end of today, it'll, it'll, it'll mean a little bit more. I know preparing this message actually has been a blessing. Um, and it feels just a little bit more special for me as I've thought on these things. So this is kind of the traditional Advent wreath. And this has been a tradition that's been in the church for centuries, for many, many years. And what traditionally happens is that each Sunday in Advent a candle is lit and so we have three purple candles and we've got the pink one for joy so on the first Sunday we'd have been lighting the candle for hope maybe next year we'll, we'll get one of these wreaths because it's actually lovely um, and then the ring represents just the eternal nature of this this hope that we have this um, this, this arrival, so the arrival, the arrival of hope. We're going to start just by going to Isaiah 9. Um, I do have it up there, but we're just starting on verse 2. When we think of Advent as well, think of light. The arrival of light, God's light coming into the darkness. So this morning in church we've got quite a few more lights than we had last week. I've got a little star there um, that I brought. And yesterday again Samuel said to me, what's that got to do with Advent? Why are you bringing that? And I said, well tomorrow hopefully you'll understand. So we'll have to maybe uh, catch up on the recording. But light is very, very important. And stars, there's just something beautiful about the stars lighting up the dark sky. And God's light arrived into our dark world. So Isaiah 9. Starting from verse 2. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You've enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. 
For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of the oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning and will be fuel for the fire. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The Arrival of Hope. So this was prophesied about 700 years before Jesus was born. Messianic prophecy. And fulfilled in Jesus' birth. Light has arrived and he has changed everything. And with this light has come the arrival of hope. Because unto us a child has been born. So the context of this prophecy of Isaiah's was that God's people were in darkness, deep darkness. They were in deep darkness. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. And when you're in darkness, there's something precious about a light. Light brings hope. And so this prophecy brought hope. And often the first candle, the hope candle, is actually called the prophet's candle because this signaled hope, light, this son that was going to be born. This was fulfilled in Jesus. Jesus said this about himself. He identified himself as the light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. (laughs) So just to get total clarity on it, the light has come. Unto us a child has has been born. And he is the light of the world. Hope has arrived because the light has come. And Jesus has identified as this light. Deep darkness brings hope. Another verse in Isaiah about hope comes into um, Isaiah 11. So a couple of chapters over, Isaiah 11. And we read about a shoot coming up from the stump of Jesse and from his roots a branch will bear fruit. It's King Jesus. And there's the, the shoot coming out of the stump just when it looked like there was no life, no hope, there's going to be a shoot coming forth. There is going to be life. There's going to be light. There is hope. And so we're living in privileged time because the sun has been born. Hope has come. Hope has arrived. There is light in the darkness. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse and from his roots a branch will bear fruit. Hope has arrived. So what is hope? I've been doing a wee bit of research. This past number of weeks I've been asking a few people, what is hope? 
And I've come to the conclusion that hope is something that is very, very precious. It's something actually that psychologists and counsellors are very, very interested in. And it's no wonder. It's an antidote to despair. You know, we use, a, there's a couple of scales. I use a scale, a hopelessness scale. <laughs> and it's a subjective scale where a client has to rate themselves from one to 10 on hopelessness. We also have the Bex hopelessness inventory. In group therapy, there's 11 therapeutic factors. Guess what number one is? The installation of hope. The Wellness Recovery Action Program, which is rolled out through the trust. Principle number one is hope. So this thing called hope is really, really important, really significant. Okay. Thank you. So this thing called hope is very, very important. I got this gift one Christmas. My oven gloves. Hope <laughs> is being able to see that there is light despite all of the darkness. Do you remember those, Ashley? Um, I, think, I think you can get them from the Radical Tetal Company. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, they're very special. So that's one definition of hope. But what exactly is hope? What does hope mean to you? Hope isn't just wishful thinking, hoping things will work out, fingers crossed. In the average day, it's interesting how, how many times you might say, you know, the word hope, oh, I hope. I hope I haven't lost my purse. <laughs> oh, I hope someone's handed it in. <laughs> it only happens to me uh, every so often. Um, I hope you get the job. Um, hope comes into lots of things. Um, and I actually went on a course a few years ago and just actually the course was, um, it was about suicide and they did a little, they put hope up on the, on the top of the board and they, they spelled out hold on pain ends. And I think our hope is more than that. It's not hold on pain ends. We can have hope even when pain doesn't end because the hope that we have supersedes our circumstances. It's, it's more than that. And I think we could define it as the solid expectation of good. This is what hope is. It's the solid expectation, the anticipation of future good. The good things are going to happen. And hope in Hebrews is described as the anchor for our souls. It's what steadies us in the storm, keeps you going in a struggle. If, we, if our hope is renewed, then it means that we can keep going. We can keep going. It's the light in the darkness that you feel. It's in the midst of pain you can keep going and you can't even anticipate good. Because the this is because the basis of our hope is something solid. I love the title of, of Max Lucado's book, Unshakable Hope. I've been listening to it lately on Audible. It's really good. It's just, and it reinforces what Daniel was preaching on a little while ago about having that foundation of the rock. And a few weeks ago, I spoke myself upon, about um, God being our rock. And so if God is our rock, 
The basis of our hope isn't anything fluffy. <laughs> it is the solid, unshakable word of God and the promises of God. And actually also it's the character of God. Because when we know that we have a good God, a good Father who loves us, the word is so full of hope. You know, he is for us. Nothing can separate us from his love. He is a good father and a good Lord. I just loved that one Tuesday night at the prayer meeting, um, someone was asking for prayer request and he said, we'll just ask the good Lord to do this or to do that. And I, th I just thought that's beautiful. That's who he is. He's a good, good father. He's a good Lord. And so we can put our hope in him that he wants to do us good, that even if things are hard, that he has resources for us, that if our hearts are breaking, that he's right there, that he wants to hold our hand in the pain, in the struggle. He wants to help us, that he loves us, he cares for us, he'll never leave us or, or forsake us. We have an amazing hope. And it's something precious and it's something that the world needs because it's the antidote to despair. And another sort of basis for our hope is the sovereignty of God. And I know at the end of that reading on Isaiah, I just missed it there. Isaiah 9, 7, it says, Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. And he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time and forever. In other words, there is a throne. Revelation 4 says there is a throne and there is one sitting on it. Oh, I love that. It's one of my favorite passages, reminding us of the sovereignty of God in the midst of the chaos of the world and our circumstances and all the things that could get us down and perpetuate hopelessness, the news, which is at our, can be at our fingertips 24 seven, there is a throne and there is one sitting on it. And he is a good God. He loves us, he's with us, and he has arrived into our world in the person of Jesus and Furthermore, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Within us, there is hope. Within us, there is hope. The solid expectation of good. Have you ever met someone who you know, is so gifted or has something so good. Um, for example, someone who's brilliant at art and you tell them, wow, that's amazing, you're so good at that. And they're like, oh, it's nothing. Or um, someone who has a lovely car and you say, oh, I love your car, oh, this old thing. <laughs> um, you, know, you get the idea. In Northern Ireland, we can be a little bit shy about saying when we have something good or when we're good at something. But you know what? This We have, each one of us, we have something amazing. We have something amazing within us. And this isn't about us. 
It's about him. But Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You and I, you are the light of the world. Who feels ill-equipped to deal with the suicidal crisis that we are in the middle of? Does anyone feel ill-equipped to deal with that? Well, you are the light of the world. And if you feel ill-equipped to deal with something, if you feel you have nothing to give, you'll have no confidence to go out there and to help. You'll hide away. You'll want to leave it to the experts. And I just want to say the experts actually need us and they need the church and they need the hope that we have. And just a call to come out of hiding. Fear, you know, we don't have anything to give. What do we know about suicide? What do we know about helping people that are in despair? If we think we have nothing to give, then we will car away. So church, I think we need to come out of hiding. We have something that they need. We have something that the town needs. And we can be intimidated by the thought of, there's so much darkness out there. I've heard it so many times. Actually, by, I've heard clients say, there's a lot of darkness in this town. I've heard clients say that. I've heard other people say that. There's darkness in this town. And actually there is, there's darkness in this town, there's darkness in this land, in this world. But we have a great light and the light has come and the light is within us and we carry hope. We carry something that, that the world needs. We carry something that the town needs. So let's rise up. Let's rise up because we can take the land, we can make a difference. We can. What we have is powerful and is precious. I've been reading this wee book lately, Hope Always. It's written by, um, actually by an emergency room doctor um, who was a director of medicine in a hospital as well and now speaks to many, um, in many Christian circles. And he puts out the challenge of the hope that we have and that it is wrong to neglect the power of the hope of the church and the, and the hope that we have as Christians. And it's a call to rise up. And there's, it's, it's really good um, and it's, it's not a very expensive book, so we'd recommend it. But just to encourage us within this that um, the hope that we carry can make a massive, massive difference to people. Um, interestingly, he talks about eating meals together. <laughs> he encourages the church to eat meals together, to do life together, to care about each other, to ask each other how we are, um, to get into the word of God and to encourage ourselves in our hope as well. Psalm 42 says, why, why am I so discouraged? Um, and it says, hope in God. And sometimes we have to preach that to ourselves, hope in God, come on. Um, there's a guy, Richard Stibbs, who um, wrote a, a book many years ago about on this, uh, on this uh, passage in Psalm 42. And he entitled it, The Conflict Within the Soul. Because sometimes we have to preach to ourselves and say to ourselves, come on, 
hope in God and remind ourselves of the hope that we have. I want to go to Romans um, Romans 15. This verse, little passage, has been on my heart for, for, for weeks now, actually. Romans 15. Paul quotes from Isaiah, actually, in this. Um, and it's the hope, the little hope verse. Reading from so Romans 15, verse 12. Again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will spring up. It's that root out of the stump. It's about hope. The root of Jesse will spring up. One who will arise to rule over the nations and in him the Gentiles will hope. And it's the most beautiful prayer. May the God of hope, that's our God, the God of hope, may he fill you and us with all joy and peace as we trust in him so that we may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. What would that be like if we were overflowing with hope? Each of us overflowing with hope. The hope would be overflowing out the church door and up the street and down the street. What would it be like if Lynx was overflowing with hope out through the door and up the street and down the street, overflowing with hope? That is what this town, this land needs for us to be overflowing with hope. And our God is the God of hope. In, interestingly, where this little verse in the middle of Romans 15 is placed, it's in the middle of a, just a, an encouragement from, from Paul to... Um, to, for us to do good to each other, to build each other up, to love each other, encourage each other, be of one mind. And verse 7, accept each other. Differences and all, let's accept each other. Because if we have this hope and we don't have love, then we're wasting our time. And I just wanted to encourage us to... Um, the context of hope has to be in love, in love. And I was just thinking about building a culture of honor. How do we build a culture of honor so that the hope that we have overflows to others? So, so important. Faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. So love has to be in place, it's a non-negotiable. But with love as a foundation and in our culture, in our community, with this hope that we have, if it overflows, then we have something that can change this nation, that can just change everything. What would that church look like? What, what would that look like? 
the darkness surely would tremble. So we just really pray, Lord, that, that Lord, we, every person here, Lord, and us as a church, that we would be absolutely overflowing with hope, Lord, as we trust in you. We pray right now to the God of hope. I just thank you, Lord God of hope, that you sent Jesus into the world, into the darkness, light arrived and hope arrived. And I just thank you for what that means to us, Lord, for what that means to what we can offer to the, to the dark, the despair in the world, Lord, that we have something to say, that we have something that we can offer. Lord, that we can look at people, Lord, and with eyes of hope, Lord, that we can love people with, with a heart overflowing with hope, Lord. We just really pray for just a fresh revelation of that, Lord, this morning, God. Refocus our eyes, Lord. Thank you, God, that the hope that we have is, is based on unshakable promises, Lord, the unshakable word of God. Lord, help us to encourage each other, Lord, to love each other, to accept each other. And Lord, may your hope just rise up and overflow, God, more and more and more. Just thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Amen.